Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Normal Books. My name is Kalen. How are you guys doing on this wonderful, wonderful Saturday? Um, as of right now, my sister has not gone into labor. It is her due date. Um, but labor has not come yet, so there is no baby. Uh, I got these adorable fucking onesies that I can take to her. Um, cause I, me, my mom, my brother, we are going out to San Francisco for a week and it's like two weeks maybe that we leave. And, uh, so super, super excited about that. Um, but the onesies that I got, they're, they're so fucking cute. Cause I got how many, I think I got 11, bought her 11 onesies altogether. Four of them are Harry Potter. No, 10, 10 onesies. Um, four of them are Harry Potter and six of them are like food related ones. Um, so my favorite of them all is one that says auntie's little muggle. And the reason it's my favorite is because it's got a hood with ears. It is so goddamn fucking adorable. I fucking love it. Oh, it is the cutest thing. And then, um, I got a lot of, I think it's like two or three of the other onesies that I got or have tacos somewhere in it. And I find this freaking hilarious because we also got my sister's shirt that is a post baby shirt that says, feed me tacos and tell me I'm pretty. So, um, if, if she wears that shirt and she has a baby and, um, and like, let's talk, let's taco about dinner or something like that. Like they would match. It would be so stinking adorable. Um, um, other than that, like I'm, it's been a good week at work. Um, thankfully I did not have to go in today. I got a text at like six in the morning from one of my guys saying, Hey, I finished everything up. You don't have to come in. I'm just like, thank God. Cause I didn't fall asleep till like two, two 30 last night. So it's just been tired, 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 tired. I'm kind of ready for warmer weather because the weather here in Ohio has been a little messed up. So last week we had two days where it was 50, 60 degrees outside. There was one day we went from like 58 degrees down to 30. One of my things is when it gets over 50 degrees, for me, that's shorts weather. I don't know if this is like an Ohio thing or if this is like something else or if everyone does this, but, um, we will wear shorts, but still have our winter coats on. If we're weird like that here. Um, so I walked into work. I think I had like bright blue shorts on one day and I, and I love wearing shorts, but I realized like I, so I have a tattoo on my calf and I got that, God, how many years ago? 
five or between four or five years ago, I got it. And I just realized like last year, the artist that I had, she left some stuff unfinished. And I, I tried to get back and to get an a, a appointment with her to fit to kind of do a touch up and everything could not get a hold of her. She never got me back for any of the messages. So, I mean, it's only like a very, very small part that's unfinished, which is fine. It's not all that noticeable, but since I can notice it, but you have to like really be looking at it. Um, and I still need like, I keep on telling myself, like, I have to, I, I, I've been telling myself for the past month, I need to call and make an eye appointment. I need to call and make my gynae appointment. I need to call and make my tattoo appointment. I keep on telling myself I need to do, do this and I don't do it. Cause like I have, like, I know I need my two annual exams this year and then, um, I've had my unfinished tattoo for a year now on my arm. And I just kind of want to get that just done. And then I can kind of brainstorm of what else I want. Because, like, I think for the rest of my upper arm to get the sleeve finished, I'm just going to have one giant, like, collage instead of having, like, different ideas put into it. Because I... I want to get it done, and but the thing is, I don't know what I want, and that's, like, the really shitty thing, because, like, usually, I, I was listening to something, and uh, I think it was the Bananas podcast, and listening to that, and they were talking about, um, they wondered how long it took people to uh, figure out what tattoo they wanted. Now, when I got my first tattoo... I thought about it for 20 minutes, realized what I wanted, and then got it a week later. Because I was in college, we got done with either a practice or a meet, or a, not a meet, but a game. And one of the, one of my teammates was just like, if, are you, because I, I talked about getting a tattoo. And they're just like, do you know what you want? I'm thinking, I'm thinking that finally came to me now. For my second tattoo, I wish I would have gotten something different. That is the only two, only tattoo that I do regret getting because um, I wish I would have gone with a different saying than what I have. Because that saying is, God, if I can remember, it has been about 12 years since I got it. Uh, so it says, in family life, loves the oil that eases friction, the cement that binds closer together, and the music that brings harmony. Now, what I really wish I picked was, you don't get to pick your family, God does it for you. I wish I would have gotten that instead, but unfortunately, I got the really, really long one, and I don't, and I, I loved it when I got it, but... A couple months after I got the tattoo, about, yeah, about a couple months after I got the tattoo, my parents split up. So it became almost a little meaningless to me because now I've got a broken family and it, 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 that for it, it didn't work the way, but it worked with my original thought anymore. And 
the thing is, it is very close to my first tattoo. Now, my first tattoo is on my ribs. So this one's on, like, my the middle of the right side of my back. And the thing is, it's too big and it's too close together to one or two tattoos to where I can't get it covered up with anything unless I do a large black square. And I don't want that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to keep it there unless I can find a... Unless I can find a design that I absolutely love. And I haven't found that yet. But um, we are going to get into this book. Uh, we are going to learn. Well, so we're going to get into this book. This is the part four of the Hidden Park series. And then after that, we will pick our new book and or series. So the book that we have is Empowering Dylan by Rebecca A. Avla. Now, I know I said in the last episode that Dylan is my favorite character, and I'll explain why I said this. Because in this book, Dylan goes through so much shit, but he still has a positive outlook. And it that positive outlook does waver, but... He's got such a strong support system behind him that you can't help but not love him. So our characters in this book are Dylan, Aria, Sophia, London, Tristan, Cole, Xavier, Jonah, Finn, James, Rick, Nikki, and Dylan. Now, there are two Dylans in here, and at first I thought it was a typo, but it's not now. The character Dylan that we're mostly going to be talking about, his name is spelled D-I-L-L-I-O-N. Now, the other Dylan that we have is spelled D-Y-L-A-N. How we're going to difference these two is Dylan with an I is just going to be called Dylan. Now, Dylan with a Y is going to be called Little Dylan. Um... And then I'll, we'll get to how, we'll get to this eventually. So if you can remember, Dylan is a gay shifter and he's kind of an outcast in the pack. That is not just because he's gay, but also because who his father is. Now, his father's name is Rick and Rick is, Rick's a piece of shit. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but he is. Rick is the... I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm trying to explain Rick without possibly angering people, but there's no way I can I can do that without it. Rick's a very, very homophobic, it seems. And he feels like since Dylan isn't the son and the man that he always wanted the way he can get him that way is if he beats him and so dylan grows up with his father constantly beating him even after he moves out of the house so when dylan was oh i'm gonna say somewhere between 14 and 16 um tristan who's the alpha had moved him out of his father's house 
and moved him in with his aunt. Now, you might be thinking, what about his mom? His mom had died a couple years beforehand. Since then, he's only had Rick to raise him. And it, it, it almost seems like it got worse after that. Um, and even with Dylan still, li- or with Dylan living with his aunt, his dad still comes over and beats him there. And it's, it's this never ending cycle of abuse. And, um, I believe I said when, uh, we were doing Discovering Aria that James said to basically everyone in the vicinity once Dylan was hurt that um, he is Dylan's mate. Now, word of that got around. And instead of anyone saying anything to James about it, what they did was they blamed Dylan. They're just like, Dylan's the one who said this. Dylan's the one that's trying to tarnish this kid's good name. And he is constantly blamed for everything, even though none of it's his fault. Like, he literally, like, he doesn't want, Dylan doesn't want anything to do with James. And one of the reasons, really, the reasons is Mo is all this. So when Dylan was 14, James 14, James was around 18. Now James already knew that Dylan was his mate, right? And like they have a thing to where you can't do anything until both both of the mates are 18 and then that mate bond becomes stronger and then you can solidify it that way. Well, James kisses Dylan, and Rick sees this and gives Dylan the worst beating of his life. And Rick tells James just to walk away. And James does. He doesn't really try to stand up for for Dylan at all. Like, he just walks away while not only Rick, but a whole bunch of these other guards in training are beating on him. And then every time Rick goes over to his sister's house to beat Dylan, James is the one who drives him over there and sits in the car and listens to everything. I mean, I, I get I, he Everyone's hands are fucking tied in this. But it's still so shitty because he, James didn't go to anyone for help. Like, he could have gone to the Alpha. He could have gone to the Betas. Fuck, he could have gone to Sophia. And they would have been able to help him. But it's it's no one truly helped Dylan at all during all of this. He, he Dylan came into this notion of this pack doesn't care for me all that much. I just want to get out of here. And that and and that is why when Sophia and Finn are just like, we want to open up this castle to be kind of like a like a hostel of sorts, a safe place. And he's just like, I want to be there. I don't want to be in this pack anymore. And you know, it 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 hurts to hear that, that he doesn't feel safe in a community that's supposed to love him. And it's heartbreaking to read this because you you also see this in everyday life. 
you see all these kids that are coming out to family and they reject them. They disown them. They kick them out of the house. Luckily, my parents were not like that with my brother. Luckily, none of my family was like that with my brother. I am very thankful for that, but not everyone's family is like that. Not everyone's family is open to that, and it and it sucks, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, my dad doesn't agree. He, he lost my brother, but he does not agree with his choice like being gay is a choice it's not and that's what a lot of and it seems like that's what a lot of the older generation and the very religious um people think is that it's a choice it's not it's it's not a choice it's who you are that's like saying it, it's someone's choice to have the certain skin tone. It's not. It's not that person's choice. It's who they are. And we need, and as really as a community, as, as people, we need to embrace that. That's the thing. When we're not, we're all like everything you see in the news now is all this hate related stuff. And I, I hate it. I I miss the more simple, like, I'm not going to say that racism, bigotry, uh, uh, or, or sexism or anything like that has never existed. It has, but I remember when it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And it might just because it might just be because I didn't grow up in any of the southern states. I don't know how life is really down in those southern states because I've never lived there. I've always lived up north in Ohio, close to I I'm I'm a, I'm an hour away from Michigan. So I'm I'm close to like the tippy top por, por, portion of Ohio. One of the reasons James can't do anything about any of this is because he's working very close with Rick. But what Rick doesn't know is that James is basically like a double agent. And the only reason he's really working with Rick is because Rick has something on him as well. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um... Rick feels like he should become the next alpha and he doesn't like that he's having the pack mingle with witches and vampires. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like how some of them are mating with them. Um, and it's Rick feels like his species is the suspiria, the wow um, is the superior species and that everyone should bow down to them but just like no 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 not fucking happening so what rick has over dylan or what rick has over james is in an apartment james is hiding a woman and her son now this woman name is nikki now 
What Rick doesn't know is that Nikki is James's twin. Now, what is different about Nikki is she's a vampire. So, yeah, I, I, you're, I know what you're thinking. You got James, who's a shifter, and then Nikki, who's a vampire. Here's the thing. They're both hybrids, but one of them takes... Um, the trait of the sh- of over the shifter more than the one over the vampire. So they both have those traits, but one one genetic is more prominent than the other. Now, little Dylan is her son, so that's James's nephew. Um, so we find out that their dad, Nikki and James, their dad was Drake. I I don't know if their mom was held captive. I don't know if she was there willingly. Um, it didn't really say, but their mom was, I don't know if she was a mate or a concubine or, or a paramour to Drake. She was something of, of that. But, uh, um, she was pregnant. She tried to get away. I think she was only able to leave with James. I don't think she was able to take Nikki because mostly she had she was she had more vampirism than um, than Shifter in her, and it kind of kind of, it, it looked like it swayed um, her to leave Nikki there. But um, it seems like Drake had held Nikki captive for years and um, Nikki ended up finding her mate who was a shifter um, and he was, her mate was a guard within a castle and then he became kind of, he started seeing more and more of kind of like the abuse that he showed toward Nikki so he decided to defect. Um, they tried to escape. Nikki and Dylan were able, Nikki was able to escape. She was pregnant with Dylan at the time. But when escaping, Nikki's mate was killed. It's in, so they, she's basically been in hiding since. Now Dylan, little Dylan is like four or five. So five or six years she's been in hiding. James wants to tell Dylan all about this, but Nikki's scared. She doesn't know yet that Drake is dead. Um, And one of the reasons that James is still keeping her a secret is because of Finn. Now, I don't know if it's because he's still weary of how he would take the news if he would try to take Nikki from her, anything like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but he's just very weary of it all. So Nikki's just like, just hold off on a little bit and then we can tell him. So we're at the last day of school for Dylan and he gets into an altercation with the boy and the vice principal only sees him furthering only sees Dylan furthering that altercation. He's taken to the vice principal's office to where um, 
he is suspended and told he's not allowed to walk for graduation. He's just like, great, fucking whatever. Because things can't get worse because, you know, it's his birthday. He just got suspended. He's told he's not allowed to walk for graduation when um, Nikki and, oh, not Nikki, sorry, when Ari and Sophia take him to go get a few things from his aunt's house, they see his aunt and also his dad there with a bag and they're just like, well, you're 18 now you're getting kicked out of this house. So they kick him out. He's staying with the alpha, but the, the shitty thing that Rick and his aunt do is all the money that Dylan has earned from odd jobs all around. They keep that from themselves saying that we, we earn this from having to keep from having to keep you. So they do, they do a little party for Dylan, even though he never really wanted it because the only person he celebrated his birthday with was Riley. And unfortunately, Riley was killed. So he's living at the pack house, but he still really wants to go to, um, to the castle to live with Sophie and Finn because he he feels like he would be more accepted there than he is in his own place. So while they're at this party, there's one person there that kind of surprises him the most out of everyone. And that's James. James has showed up now. What Dylan doesn't know is that Rick wants James to get as close to Dylan as he can. Cause then they're going to take him out because they think that if they can get close to Dylan, they can also get close to the betas, and then they can get close to the alpha. And that way, it's kind of like taking everyone out. So, everything is going swimmingly until we find out that London had been poisoned. Now, London is anywhere between six to eight months pregnant somewhere in that and she knows it's too early it's way too fucking early so they take her to the hospital now Dylan and James stay where they are because they're not really family so they're just like we'll be here we'll keep an eye on everything just let us know what's happening so those two start making out and all of a sudden Rick comes in and Rick's not alone. He's got some of his followers. And he also has Nikki in tow. Now, little Dylan is outside. And, like, you can tell, like, everyone's scared. All right. Uh, Dylan sees this and hears that Nikki's got a kid. And that James has been hiding them. And his his first thought is... Yet again, James is lying to me. Like, Dylan always knew that James was out in the car, knew all that. And he thought maybe he's turning over a new leaf and then this happens. And all the fight goes on Dylan. Like, he's just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep pretending that everything's fine when it's not. I'm done. I'm, I'm really fucking done. So Dylan or Rick gives Dylan an ultimatum, basically. 
come with him and everyone stays unharmed or if he doesn't basically he's gonna hurt Nikki and the kid Dylan goes and James tries to stop him but like you see Dylan shutting down like he's resigned to his fate that he's gonna die Rick takes him to this abandoned cabin and Rick Rick's these all Rick's like every other bad guy out there where they have to have a monologue of of basically their master plan and I don't know if it is just a thing in books and movies I don't know if the bad guys actually do this whole monologue type thing um but he goes on to say like I'm the one, Rick goes on to say, I'm the one who killed your mother. I also killed James's mother because she heard something she wasn't supposed to. I helped kill the former alpha pair. I poisoned London. I'm going to kill the alpha. I'm going to kill the betas. Like he does this whole thing because all of this stems from hatred that he had towards the former alpha pair when he was younger. So this whole story is the alpha that they had beforehand. Him and his mate, they never had kids. So they didn't have anyone to pass along being the alpha to. So what he did was he found three of the more most promising um young adults and put them through rigorous testing and everything else to see which one would be the next alpha. Now that turned out to be uh, Tristan's father. So Rick and Robert, now if you remember Robert, Robert was um, Paulina's dad. They became betas to him. And then Tristan's dad started mates is true mates with um, Tristan's mom, Violet. Now, Rick had a thing for Violet and and was pissed when she picked Tristan's father over him. And, and it kind of just let this hate grow. He's just like... I'm going to get my revenge back on them. Everything's going to be mine. And, like, they start beating on Dylan. And then that all comes to a halt when Xavier, Cole, Finn, and James come out of the woods. And they're just like, I, I think Jonah might be with them as well. And they're just like, we heard everything that you said. You guys are going to pay for your crimes. Come with us now. No harm will be done to you. But if you fight this, we will hurt and kill you. They're just like, you can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. And so they're able to subdue all the guys except for Rick. Now, Rick throws out a wild card, which is uh, challenging Dylan as a guard, which means a fight to the death or until someone yields. Um, so they do this whole fight. They shift in and out. Now, Dylan is extremely injured, and you can see that he's weak, but 
Rick is this, Rick has more talk than actual game. So Dylan is able to defeat Rick, which is amazing. And, but Dylan doesn't kill Rick. Um, he tells him, I'm not the only one that wants a pound of flesh. Um, and you, I'm going to let the alpha and the betas get what they deserve. Rick, then, while Dylan is kind of, like, staggering up, like, he's still injured, being able to shift had helped, um, help some of his injuries. But Rick is able to procure a knife somehow, and he goes to stab Dylan. Well, James gets in the way, and that blade goes into Dylan's, or into James's spine and nicks his heart. Now... The only thing that's really keeping James alive right now is he's part vampire. Now, if he wasn't, he'd already be dead because of that nick. So, while they get to the hospital, and Nikki's the one who tells them this is what's going to have to happen, she lets Finn know that they are siblings now. Um, I believe Sersha is there as well and what they do is Nikki, Finn, and Sersha, they cut I believe they cut their palm and they bleed into a cup and they tell they say, Dylan, since he's your mate, you have to do this as well. So he does. And with them feeding him blood of both family and mate, he's able to slowly get better that way. So we find out that London does have her baby, um, a little girl that they named Violet. And um, it's been a couple days now, and James still hasn't woken up. And Arya comes over to the room and tells Dylan, hey, look, Tristan wants to talk to you. And he's just like, all right, goes over to Tristan. He sees the baby and... He's just like, I've had people talk to Rick and some interesting things have come to light that I, that you deserve to know. One of them is that Rick is not Dylan's biological father. Now his mother had ran away from her original pack when she was already pregnant. That pack was the Phoenix pack, which means his father was Damien. Also means him and Arya are siblings. Yay! So excited. And he also learns about the reason why his mother was killed. And the reason why Rick also killed the Alpha Pair, which Dylan had already known. Um, it was due to jealousy and he thought he would be the better Alpha than than everyone else, even though he had everyone else doing all the work for him. So Dylan is actually the one who was able to tell Arya that they're siblings, and it's it's amazing to see the familial love that they have for each other right away. And it was kind of always like that, but um, this just solidified it more. 
So once they get back into the hotel room, they see that James is awake. And Arya just has this kind of like bubbling out of her. And she just yells at everyone that her and Dylan are siblings. And um, everyone is happy for them. And Dylan asks if everyone can leave the room because they have to they have to talk him and James have to talk because there's a lot of things that are unsaid between them and there's things that James had just found out that or Dylan had just found out that James needs to know. And so when they talk about becoming mates, James is like, I want this. I want to be mated to you. I don't want anything else. Just please just give me a chance. And he's just like, all right. So they're snuggling. Okay. Really they're making out on the bed when, um, when Tristan comes in and he relays all the information that he had found out through Rick and the reason why James's mother was killed. And he's just like, I'm going to get justice for both of you as as well as me against Rick. Um, So James is finally out of the hospital. I think it took another day or so for him to be out of the hospital. And even though he should be resting, like he wants to become fully mated to Dylan. And that's what they do. They become fully mated and they just spend the day together. And, Dylan is scared, but he tells James that he doesn't want to stay in the pack. James is this coveted member of the pack, and he knows that it's going to be hard for um, him to want to leave. But James is like, wherever you go, I go. If you don't want to be here anymore, I get it. We'll go somewhere else. Tristan has this all-pack meeting, and it's... One, it's a trial for Rick, and then two, it's a warning towards all other members or all all other pack members of um of how things like this can't happen anymore. Cause he needs to like they need to know if there's any other people in this group that are gonna try to betray them, that are gonna try to kill someone's mate again who it's going to try to overthrow the um, the alpha pair again. So, Rick is killed. And, he well, he's executed. And he's just like, look. Or Tristan's just like, look. Our pack is changing. We are no longer just shifters. We have hybrids in here we have wolf witch wolf vampire we've got i'm pretty sure there's going to be a vampire witch here somewhere and we are going to be expanding this he's just like with all of you guys in this room do you know who is protecting our lands that would be the witches and the vampires who are protecting us. And we should be protecting them along uh, the same way as they are protecting us. And he's just like, I've had, and he's telling people that their pack is becoming a mixture of, of every being. And if 
and if and if no one can handle that, they can leave. They can leave the pack. Um, they will be giving funds for them to find a new place to set up, but they will never be allowed back into Hidden Park. No one, I think there's a few people that did leave. I can't be sure. I could be thinking about another book. Not 100% sure on that one. Um, there's one member of the pack who stands up and is asking about the mating of James and Dylan. And he's just like, don't you see a problem with this? And Dylan's just like, no. Or not Dylan. Tristan is just like, no, I don't see an issue with this whatsoever. And he's just like, you were really close to Rick, weren't you? And and kind of just like calls him out. And the dude just like kind of like sits down, shuts up. But everyone's going to keep an eye on this dude. So a few days later, Tristan calls a family meeting. And so they all go over there and um, they, Tristan kind of wants to know everyone's next step and Arya is the first one to speak up and talk and she's just like I have been at me and um me and Jonah have been asked to be coven leaders to the new I believe it was the um essence coven maybe um that they want her to be her and Jonah to be the new head of it and that she really wants that she really wants to do it. Now the twins are just like, We are leaving us and she goes, I don't want to, but I know that you have to be here with the pack. But and I need to be up there helping other witches and that were in the same situation I was. And they're just like, wherever you go, we go. And Tristan's just like, they they will still be my betas even if they don't live here full time. They just have to come back every once in a while. Arya starts bawling. They pick her up. They take her out of the room. Jonah like kind of hangs back for a minute and be like, I'm so sorry. She's pregnant. Uh, we'll see you guys later. And <laughs> just takes off. Sophia and Finn are tell them what that they're gonna go to the castle and kind of what then they're gonna start working on the plans for that. James also pops in and says, Me and Dylan are gonna go to the castle as well. Now Tristan understands this. He's he's sad. I don't think he's hurt. He's just sad in that Dylan doesn't feel comfortable in the pack anymore. And he, he understands this. Like he sees how Dylan has been treated and he, Tristan feels horrible that he didn't do more to help him as a kid. And, and Dylan always downplayed it. It was just like, you had so much more going on that I, that you didn't need to focus on me. I wasn't a um, important part. And Dylan has been kind of almost like, like he's almost been beaten down to believe that he's not important when he is. He's kind of like the glue that keeps everyone together in a way. They, James and Dylan do ask permission to stay with um, Sophia and Finn and Tristan. Um, Tristan tells them 
if you guys want to go live in the castle, you guys can do that. You guys are welcome back anytime you want. The rules that I said do not apply to you. Because they're family. If they want to leave, they can leave and they're always going to be welcome back. So they finally get to the castle. It's probably like a couple days later. And Sophia introduces them to two small shifters. Now these are twin boys. They're probably around the age of four. And they had lost their parents. Now they had one mom and multiple dads. And, uh, and some shifter altercation, um, their family was killed. So they were, they were brought to the castle and these boys, even though it should not have been possible, they shifted into their wolves, but they weren't able to, but they didn't feel comfortable to shift back. So Dylan and James, they shifted down to their wolves and, um, they kind of played with the kids and they got um, them to trust them and they ended up adopting these boys. So they now had two of their own kids. So we're now, I think it's like five years in the future and Dylan's walking the halls and he sees his twins kind of beating up on this older boy and he goes and he stops him. I believe the boy's name was Kevin. And he asks his twins, I'm just like, what is going on? They're just like, he was mean to Violet and he made her cry and all this. Now the twins are very protective of Violet. Now Violet is London and, and Tristan's daughter. And they believe that they are going to be the fated mates for her. Um, so he talks to the boys and says, you can't do this. And he talks to Kevin. And he learns kind of like what he did. And, and, and he's... Kevin, it's kind of like a defense mechanism for him. Because he grew up with a mother who wasn't that kind to him um, and then shipped him to the castle because she didn't want to deal with him anymore. And um, they believe that he is a hybrid of some sort. And Dylan comforts him and tells him that if he ever needs anything to let him know. And James had walked up into this, like a little bit after Kevin was leaving and he's just like, you went into daddy mode again, didn't you? He goes, yeah. They, they're they talking. They really want a baby. Um, and it's kind of like a little bit after that, like their aunt, like, like what they're wishing for is kind of answered. Because like right now, they're seeing um, Sophie and Finn's baby. I think this is their second. Arya's pregnant with her fourth and, and so Sophia, no, not Sophia, but Tristan comes up to him just like, hey, did Sophia talk to you about this girl at the hospital? They're just like, no. Well, this girl had a baby 
And due to the, I believe it was her age and what her family wanted, she wasn't able to keep the baby and she didn't want to put the baby in the foster system because the foster system isn't always the most reliable thing or the safest at sometimes. Um, so uh, they're just like, they want to know if they want to adopt this little girl. And they're just like, yeah. So they are now having, they're now going to get a beautiful baby girl. And that is the end of this book. And, and one of the reasons that I love this book so much is that you can see all the perseverance that Dylan and Tristan or Dylan and James had had to go through to be able to be together. Like you see the hardship that Dylan had to go through just growing up and never being fully, fully admitted basically into the pack, even though he was born into the pack. And it's just, it's one of those stories that I just, it, it breaks your heart. Um, Dylan, even though he's had such a hard life, he is still one of the most compassionate people that you can find. And it's, it's utterly amazing. All right. So we now get to pick our next book. So while I stir this around, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Not Your Normal Books Podcast. You can donate to Patreon at patreon.com slash notyournormalbooks. You can um, you can email me any book suggestions, your thoughts and feelings at um, not even on books at gmail.com uh, you can also DM me on Instagram any of that as well uh, I don't know if I did this yet but you can donate at patreon at patreon.com slash not your normal books alright so our next book is Just Jane by Ripley Prosopina, Prosopina, I think that's how you say your last name. Um, this is a standalone, so we'll just have the one episode and then we'll pick the next series after that. All right, I will see you guys next week for this brand new episode.